August 1st, 2020, you are listening to the Inquisitive Bro Podcast. Today, the NBA bubble is in full swing. What's going to happen? Is it even going to work? Are there lingering questions that need answered? We'll try to figure it out. I'm Chris. He's Andrew. Let's go. quarantine bubble at Disney World is in full swing and uh, as an exercise um, I've asked you and I've done the same thing for myself is to write down five things that we're most interested in with the NBA uh, as the season's about to restart Um, so this can be players this can be teams this can be just random topics anything Uh, I let our imaginations take over so Andrew you're the guest and let's go first with you what is the number one thing that you are most interested in for this NBA restart I will stick with a Raptors focused discussion to lead us off here and my point is that this year's Raptors remind me a lot of the 04 Pistons in that the talent is scattered throughout the roster uh, good depth but no one main superstar that stands out above the rest obviously last year that was Kawhi uh, this year, Kawhi is no longer a Raptor, and yet we continue to win games as I expected us to do because of our depth and because we do have some prominent players, including a couple of All-Stars. I mean, Lowry and Siakam are All-Stars, and even Fred Van Vliet can play like an All-Star well, luckily, at times. Well, just to jump over, luckily, uh, we, we had the infrastructure, infrastructure in place that Kawhi's uh, contributions, and also Danny Green's, uh, for, for that matter, um, were able to be replaced because we had guys who are ready to take next steps. Um, and also, I mean, guys like Kyle Lowry, for example, who took a step back in scoring last year, and now he's just scoring a little bit more because uh, uh, we need that. But totally, we've been able to, uh, for the regular season at least, uh, replace uh, the value that Kawhi was able to bring. So I think my question going into the bubble is, can we be the 04 Pistons and win a chip without that bona fide superstar? Or are we going to need somebody to step up? Are we going to say at the end of the season, man, good thing, you know, Lowry stood above the rest or good thing Pascal really stood out uh, as our go-to guy? Or can we continue to just have a balanced offense, balanced attack and just kill him with our depth? I like how your question, um, both answers lead to us still winning the championship. Yeah. <laughs> like, are I'm we going to continue win with the optimism are, this year? Are we going to win it? By a community effort, or are we going to win it because someone takes over? Right. Those are the only two options. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> My question was, what led to the Raptors repeating championship this year? Right. Well, Nostradamus over here. Good vibes. Uh, Good energy. Right. Um, look, I think we saw this with the Raptors before Kawhi, right? We had a lot of good, uh, a lot of good regular season teams. What we don't know is how this team, this particular team, is going to perform in the playoffs. Although I do believe that we will do better, or this team is better suited than the DeMar-led, well, DeMar and Kyle-led Raptors uh, of previous years. Yeah, the I mean, the is main difference we, is championship pedigree now. Number one, yeah, for sure, we believe it. Number two, this is, I mean, when we had DeMar, DeMar was a poor defender. He's, he's like pigeon-toed. He's, uh, he himself was kind of a turnstile defensively and uh, you had to hide him. Uh, we don't have that on our team. Our top seven, eight players, all really good defensive players. Um, and we got a healthy Marcus Gasol coming back in. Uh, 
and he's if I was reading this uh, I was reading a report on um, actually no I was listening to the Zach Low Post not reading a report I was listening to the Low Post he was uh, talking with Kevin Arnovitz and they mentioned how um, talking to all the NBA scouts talking about uh, NBA defensive teams they believe that the best defensive player on the Raptors was actually Marcus Gasol um, despite I mean, it's a subjective thing, despite all the other good defenders we have. But that's a good thing, because we have a lot of good defenders. OG Anobi has taken a step up. He's done a really good job in Kawhi's absence on the defensive end. Um, he's built like a brick shithouse. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, you're not moving that guy. Pascal, no. um, a lot of people have seen his defense kind of take a little step back, mostly because he's putting a lot more effort on the offensive end, which is understandable, but he's still a really good defender in his own right, and when he wants to dial it up, he's a hard guy to get around. Marcus um, looking lean and mean coming he looks into the really quarantine good. bubble. We'll see. A lot of guys have looked... I mean, it's kind of like a preseason right now. How many guys come in and it's like, I'm in the best shape of my life? At least with Mark, he has the pedigree. I like to think he can back it up, but we'll see. Uh, he's... Um, but I believe that eventually, just to get to the the question that you were actually asking i believe eventually we're going to need a guy to step up we've we've seen that in the past we're going to need a guy who's at the in crunch time when things are tight and our half court offense isn't working because uh, we're not the best half court offense team we're very good in transition but sometimes we get a little bogged down because we don't have a go-to scorer we're going to need someone who has the hot hand um I don't. Th- I don't know if it's going to be one guy though. That's the thing. I don't. We're we're not going to have. We don't have a Kawhi. I mean, that um, is the question. So we'll have to wait yeah. and see. Good but, defense leads to transition buckets. Yeah. So if we can we're stop win one, one end, if we win, I'm going to put the the caveat if because I'm not as confident about you. I think. Uh, I don't like your attitude. <laughs> um, I think like just because of the way our team is. Uh, if we win, it's going to be because uh, it's going to be because of um, a team effort where one game it might be Pascal who's got the hot hand and down crunch time you give him the ball. One game might be Norman Powell. Another game might be Van Vliet or Lowry. I don't know? want to I don't want to belabor this point, and we'll we'll get to the next point soon. But something that has plagued the Raptors for many years, almost from infancy, is the problem that when crunch time comes in, rather than just running offense, we fall into this. Let's just give it to the hot hand. That's great when your guy's rolling throughout the game, but things are different out of a timeout in a half-court set uh, when you're expecting somebody to go one-on-one and generate a bucket versus just playing over the course of a game. I don't like it unless you got Kobe or Jordan or James right. Harden, which most franchises don't. I think you've got to run some offense, and if the offense falls apart or breaks down, then you've got to give it to a guy like Siakam and see if he can do something with it. But to just start by... Dribble, 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 giving it to Pascal, top of the paint, and letting the clock run down, hoping he does something, not a good tactic. Well, I'm pretty sure that um, the only end-of-clock situation we'll do is the exact Kawhi uh, play where he runs around the entire arc and does a fading shot from uh, the right uh, the right baseline. That's the only play that works. I mean, works. nobody's going to see that coming. No. No. Um, no, to actually answer your question seriously, uh, if you're talking about the history of the Raptors franchise, I mean, for many, many years just general NBA thinking was you give to the best player down the end of the clock. That was just how it was done, right? Yeah. Um, just terrible results. And then even the best, Even the best clutch guys have horrible end-of-the-game percentages. Yeah, but you don't, re- you don't forget, you don't remember the ones that they, uh, that they miss. You remember the ones they make. Um, Unless you're me and you're salty. 
yes, you are salty. Uh, but, and the other one is just, the other answer is poor coaching, un, unimaginative coaching, which I don't think we have to worry about with Nick Nurse. Right. I do believe that coming down the stretch, they will be running weird plays. Um, he likes, Nick Nurse likes to, he's a little like, he's a little mastermind, right? He likes to come up with random shit, but they also don't call as many fouls late, right? So things can get bogged up where you, like, they just blatant fouls, little holds here and there that just don't get called because refs won't want to call it. And it, a lot of times it just comes down to, well, shit, I just, you need a guy who's just going to go make a bucket, right? I like it. Yeah. Um, Point number two, this yeah. is you. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to go out west. I'm going to look at the Lakers because obviously LeBron Nadies, Lakers number one in the west, and uh, they're a really good team. My question, Andrew, is, does LeBron have a good enough support, supporting cast around him to win the championship? And if not, does that even matter? Can he still win it without one? For a long time, I've said never doubt the king. So regardless of who's around him, I always like his odds. But yeah, valid question. Is that all you have to say about that? I, I thought you have the plan here. You want me to answer your questions? Well, I kind of, I mean, I mean, sure. I, I have an idea. Like, I'll give you my, my take on it. So where we stand today, Rajon Rondo just broke his hand. Right. So he's out six to eight weeks. Given the new season, I'm not exactly sure where six to eight weeks puts us. I'm guessing it'll be somewhere in the second round. Maybe the third, but we'll be mid-playoffs I don't for even, sure. I don't even know. It's going to be tough. Nobody really knows at this point. I don't even think the NBA knows By, exactly um, how the timeline's going to go. I'm fairly certain that um, with the schedule currently in place, that the finals are scheduled to take place early October. Early October, so six to eight weeks. I mean, Rondo is a notoriously quick healer well, from past injuries. That's true. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll toss this one on the notes, but uh, you, the, the injury I remember most is when Dwayne Wade in uh, the, I think it was 2011, uh, no, 2012, blatantly threw Rajon Rondo to the side to get a loose ball, and Rajon dislocated his elbow. Yeah. It was pretty gruesome, quite noticeable. Um, came back the next day, I think. Did he play the rest of that game? I think he played the rest of that game. I'd have he to might have. That. I mean, tough little guy. But unfortunately, he's out. So, But he's we'll not see. even that good. I mean, like... I don't know, man. I mean, Lakers... To your question, Lakers lack depth. And we already yeah. know Avery Bradley has decided not to join his teammates in the bubble. I don't replaced think... Replace him with J.R. Smith. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that could turn out to be good or that could turn out to be a complete non-factor. Frankly, I think it's a wash. I think it's kind of a wash. You never think, know. I, I mean, you I only need one J.R. Smith game where he goes seven or seven of eight from three to make yeah. the signing worthwhile. Oh, so yeah. We'll no, see. exactly. I mean, it could be J.R. has always been and always will be a boom and bust guy. The Lakers are LeBron and Anthony Davis. I'm not That's, high on Kyle Kuzma. I'm not high on the coaching staff. I'm not high on the depth. Great. I, well, on Kyle Kuzma, I'm not high on him in the sense that he doesn't work with LeBron and A.D. because... They're both, basically LeBron and AD are both power forwards, although AD in good lineups can play center. But where does Kuz play? Because he's not really a small forward. He's not a, he's, he's not a very good defensive small forward. He's better at the power forward spot, but then he's kind of light there. He's kind of a tweener, to be honest. Isn't it crazy to think that we're talking about Kyle Kuzma as a power forward when power forwards back in the day were David Robertson and Charles Barkley? Oh yeah, but that, I mean... This has been happening for a while. This is not the first time that... I think I think the year 2020, we can officially say, and I know it's been thrown around for the past few years, but the NBA has officially become positionless. There's centers. There's centers, but you look at it like a team could run LeBron at the five, no problem. Yeah. 
It's yeah. pretty positionless. It's, I mean, it's just it's put your close. best guys out there. Yeah. You still need some sort of traditional positional uh, awareness because you still need tall guys to get rebounds, you know? You look at the Rockets, though. They, they've shown pretty effectively that um, you may not need a center. Uh, but, yeah, look, the big question, basically the, the heart of this question is, is LeBron and Anthony Davis plus random, insert random players, good enough? It might be. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, who are the main challengers? I really think it's Clippers. Houston. Oh, you think Clippers more than Houston? 100%. Clippers are the second best team in the, the West. They were better than Houston to begin with, and they barely had Paul George and Kawhi play together. But I, I don't know if you remember, but when the NBA season finally called it quits this year, Russell Westbrook was playing MVP caliber basketball. They started off the 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 Rockets um, the Rockets um, micro ball experiment started off really hot, but if you look at their 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 last few games before they stopped, uh, they started losing. Um, but I mean, small sample sizes, right? The, the thing about the Rockets um, that's interesting uh, is that we don't know what that experiment like what the fruits will uh, will hold, right? Like they didn't have enough time to really put it together for people to make a, a pure, uh, a, a, a final determination on it. Right. So this is like going into the playoffs, uh, will be a really interesting, um, a really, uh, really interesting, uh, lit- litmus test for, uh, the Rockets and what they're trying to do. Um, it's gimmicky, right? Like I think teams got thrown off by it, but I think you can also figure it out pretty quickly. It's just a bunch of small, like they were defending, they started defending Russ with centers, just right. way back just and rush could still get a bunch of speed and finish over centers but i'd take my chance with that i'm not i'm not concerned about the rockets i wouldn't be that concerned i think who's your pick to come out of the west if i had to choose i'd probably choose the clippers i think they're i i don't like to answer my own question i suppose i actually don't think that the lakers have enough depth enough depth i don't think they're every single playoff run that you see uh championships do championship teams do and lebron championships championship teams do there's role players who make huge impacts in meaningful games and uh they have like role players are super important for those those moments like uh when you when you really need them and um i don't think they have i don't think they got the the guys uh i just think i think they're really 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 good but i don't think they're championship level yet i think they 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 need to tinker a little bit and i think I think the Clippers match up really well against them, and I think they have better depth. Yeah, uh, so, I think so too. I would pick the Clippers coming out of the West too. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, but Andrew. as always, never doubt the king. That is true. Never doubt the king. So I guess the answer is, who's to know? <laughs> <laughs> Ask me again in six months. I'll know for sure. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because we know the Raptors are winning the title apparently, right? Right. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Andrew. Number two on your list. So, yeah, I mean, my, my intriguing point going into the new season here is really bubble-centric and how it's going to work. And is it going to work? Um, I'm hearing many people affiliated with the NBA and the bubble who are giving it a 50-50 chance that the season even finishes. Are these your inside sources? This is what you're hearing? These are my inside sources, yeah. Okay. Have to, they have to remain unnamed because they don't exist. But from what I've heard, they are very concerned. And I mean, you got to think about it. Like there's a lot of people going in and out of the bubble who don't work for the NBA, who are just support staff to kind of make all this come together, whether they're providing cleaning services or food or or stadium services. 
Um, and they're not getting tested as rigorously as the NBA players are. And, I mean, already you got the Kings, uh, Rashawn Holmes, who broke the quarantine. He went across the border to, like, grab a chalupa or something and came back and they busted him. So he's out quarantining for how many days now? I think it's eight, eight. To, eight days. Yeah, They have to say eight days in their room. Um, Bruno Caboclo also, um, shout out to Bruno, former Raptor. Former uh, Raptor. What a shame Bruno's got a quarantine. I don't know how Houston's going to recover from him being out for eight days. <laughs> well, if he was two years away from being two years away, that That's means... this season. No, I think he's now one year into having arrived. Isn't this his fifth year? Yeah, I guess it has to be. So he has arrived. He is now the Brazilian, uh, Kevin Durant, clearly, I if he sees any floor time throughout the Houston playoff run, I will buy you a Chalupa. You're really into Chalupas today, eh? I'm pretty sure that's what this Kings guy went out to grab from his Uber Eats delivery, so... I don't know if I've ever had a Chalupa. How do you know that's what he... How do you know that's what he got? Is that your inside sources, or is that yeah. part of the ESPN, like... I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. But, uh, it may or may not be true. If you guys what know was, exactly... What was, what was in this Chalupa, do you Well, know? hold on. If, if anyone listening knows exactly what was in the Uber Eats bag that he picked up that was so delicious it was worth breaking quarantine for. Please let me know because we may need to order some for <laughs> the house. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bruno Caboclo uh, broke quarantine too, um, which kind of brings one concern I have. Are NBA players even capable of doing this properly? They're kind of used to... I, I don't think it would be a stretch to say that they're kind of a, a used to a certain lifestyle. And um, especially guys who have been in the league for quite a while, um, you know that there are some prima donnas out there. Uh, I just wonder how much this grates on them, and they realize, damn, this sucks. And I, I, I just, uh, I just don't know if they'll be able to do it. From some of the footage coming from inside the bubble, from some of these NBA guys, I think it has hit them fast and furious that this is not as fun as they initially thought it would be. Oh, hundred percent. I mean. Getting Mickey pancakes um, for my breakfast. That's pretty cute for day That's one, two, and three. But by day four, I think I'm over it. What about day 45, day 60? They're going to be there for so long. I, I don't think people realize this is a literal quarantine. Like, they're going to be stuck with the same people till end of October. I mean, I guess if you get eliminated, you can go home. Yeah. It's going to be like in that South Park episode uh, where they're playing baseball and they all just want to lose so they can enjoy the rest of their summer. <laughs> yeah. This can be this. All the players just trying to tank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whichever team sucks at tanking the most. I mean, you, like some of these guys aren't even making the playoffs. So, I mean, yeah. they could be in the bubble for like three weeks and well, then out of there. Yeah, I mean, if I'm on the Phoenix Suns or the Washington Wizards, unless I really... Wait, did that, Phoenix get invited to the bubble? Yes, they did. They're the 22nd team. Oh, my goodness. What um, a shame. They, uh, yeah, because they, they needed a reason. Basically, the reason was they wanted Zion in that bubble. Right. And they, they, they didn't want to just limit it to the playoff teams. They wanted, uh, they wanted teams that were outside of the playoffs to get a chance. And they were also trying to uh, uh, maximize the amount of revenue that they can get for the NBA season. More teams equals more revenue, but you don't want to do all 30. So they just ran, landed on a semi-arbitrary, like from what I understand, kind of like a semi-arbitrary number. Uh, based upon just lobbying by the owners. Like, the owners of the teams wanted their players in there because they get money from this. Right. So they wanted that. But if I was a player myself, um, which sadly I am not, um, if I didn't need that that prorated amount of money that they're getting from playing those games, like a Bradley Beal, for example, right. um, 
then I'd probably say fuck it and just Yeah, I mean when like, this was announced, I out. was not I was not that excited about it. Yeah. Like myself putting myself in their shoes. Right. Um like as a fan, I'm excited about it. I want to see basketball. Absolutely want the content and I'm glad they're going. I'm glad they're doing this. But if I was them, this is not the way I want to spend the next six months. No, I mean, think about what your normal lifestyle is as a multi-multi-millionaire for many of these people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, this is going I, to be restrictive, to say the least. I think there's a big question then is not just can they quarantine. There will likely be uh, positive tests, and then that'll cause that individual to have to go into quarantine for, I guess, two weeks or whatever it is. Right. What happens if a big name and let's let's just skip to the big name what like or the two big names Giannis LeBron a Kawhi what happens if they get it but here's my question okay so say LeBron gets it and he's got a quarantine for eight days but if you're on I know I think if you you test positive I think it'd be the 14 days that you normally see right 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 before regardless like if you're on the same team or you just played against LeBron the night before are you not also subject to the same quarantine rules no because they're testing them every day Right, right. So right, you're getting right. tested all the time. So, I mean, if you test negative, you're negative, right? The Raptors, for example, the day before Rudy Gobert tested positive, the Raptors played against Utah, and all our players tested negative. Right. Um, Going to be but, interesting. But it does. This cor- this uh this this playoffs has the biggest boomer bust potential I think of like any playoffs in history because of the unique aspect of it. Um, boomer bust as far as what ratings, as far as the quality of play and how legitimate the championship is seen as long, if no one say there are minimal COVID, uh, uh, positive tests and specifically no one important, not to, uh, not to hate on the scrubs out there, but your scrubs, yeah. uh, no one important gets, gets tests, tests positive and the playoffs go without a relative hitch, then I would say that this is one of the more legitimate uh, championships you can win because there's no home court advantage. It's just pure basketball. It's like you're you're playing just five-on-five pickup, but with the best players in the world, right? Right. Um, I am excited, though, for the NBA restart that Nets signed Jamal Crawford. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I cannot believe he spent the entire season as an unrestricted free agent. That is ludicrous. Keep getting them checks, Jamal. Keep getting them checks. Do you know how many points Jamal Crawford scored in his final NBA game? No. It was... How do you know this? Because I remember it because it was a big deal. It was Dirk Nowitzki's final game. And you remember it as Jamal Crawford's final (laughs) game. Well, he went 18 of 30 from the field, dropped 51 points. Yeah. That was the last game he played and then went unsigned the next season. He can always score. I mean, if the NBA, once the NBA is done with him, I'm sure he can follow the Joe Johnson route and uh, be a big star in the big three. Yeah, if he goes that route. Probably could. I mean, he can still, he can still play. Obviously, he can still play. I mean, we'll see is he it in still, eight games. I'm pretty sure he's the only 2000 draft class guy still in the NBA. Ooh, that is A legendarily bad possible. draft class. I think it's, by That's a lot of circles, known as the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Arguably the worst. For sure. But um, nothing on Jamal Crawford. Great player. Long career. Yeah. Really liked him. Um, but. Okay. You want to so, jump to your next point? I guess I just want to finish off. Um, you, I just want to finish off on what I said earlier about, I mean, it could, the boom or bust thing, right? Like boom, if no one, it's a boom, if no one get no one important gets the, the virus and the playoffs can play out as you'd like to hope. But I mean, if a LeBron or 
Giannis get the virus and then their teams lose a playoff series, then there's going to be huge asterisks. There, there oh, just absolutely. Is. Most, most championships um, have asterisks from certain fan bases. Like basically, at the end of any season, there's 29 fan bases that are pissed off and one that's happy. And so you'll always find a lot of reasons to be like, this is, it's not legitimate for this or that. Um, Absolutely. Some, some, but years, some years more than others. The difference is this year's asterisk could yeah. be a consensus pick. For sure. Yeah. You still get the chip. Could you imagine, first of all, um, not, to, um, not to belabor the, the, the Raptors' inevitable repeat, but if, I mean, if the Raptors, for example, won this championship with, they, they beat the Bucks and like Giannis had COVID or something. They right. beat them in the conference finals. They go in the finals, like, and they beat the Lakers, the Clippers. One of them have COVID or even without, without COVID. But talk about one of the most random repeats ever. Go from yeah. beating the Warriors where two of their best players by the end of it were down. Right. So you didn't really beat them at full strength, but still I'll take it. Right. And then you go into the, the quarantine playoffs and you just win that one. I mean, Strange I guess times. kudos to the Raptors for having great immune systems. Yes. Masai, one of the, that's one of the things that Masai scouts for, immune systems. <laughs> We've been ahead of the curve on that one. No. No, but we'll see. It's, it, it's an interesting um, It's interesting because if LeBron or like Giannis get it, they're not stopping. It's just going to... Season keeps ticking. It's just going to happen. But I mean, just like guys can get injuries, twisted ankles can happen. Well, let me Positive ask you this. If, if LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis all kind of get it around the same time, does the NBA not just pull the plug on the season? No, I think they're too... I don't... That would be ridiculous. That, that's like an Armageddon. Like, I've heard Adam Silver say that it is not 100% certainty that they will finish the right. season. Because an outbreak could happen. And an outbreak might only... To, me, to you and me, it might mean a dozen guys. But to Adam Silver, it might mean two, three, four guys within a tight span. Arguably, if they don't even complete it, that would be the worst case scenario. Yeah. Because then they did this all for nothing. Correct. Because all they wanted to do was get that champion named, regardless of the potential carnage or... But I think every professional sports league going into a season now knows that there's a chance it may not finish. Right now, yes, for sure. Yeah. So much uncertainty in the world today, especially in sports. Uh, Okay. Tough to predict. Yes, for sure. Um, Okay, so I'm going to go with my my second one. And... uh, this is uh, this is another team-based one, uh, and it's just Andrew. In this bubble, what is the team that is most likely to disappoint? Interesting. Most likely to disappoint. There's a couple ways you can go with this. Okay. Um, you can go the route of like a Houston Rockets, for example, or Denver Nuggets, where they lose in the first round. Um, side note: I actually think like Houston to me. Just like they're, they're a three-point shooting team, and within games, high variance, they could brick a bunch and they'll lose, or they just start making them and they're going to win by a lot. They are also high variance, I see, within kind of like the ranges which they could go in the playoffs. I could see them losing in the first round very easily. I could also see them making to the conference finals, maybe even further, frankly. They have that type of team. You're not sure. Right. And it, it's exacerbated by the fact that they uh, have this experiment without a true center. Right. right. Um, but um, I think I'll just to answer my own question, then I'll jump the lead. I think the team mostly at this point is the Milwaukee Bucks. OK, you have the, a reasoning for that? Yes, because it's all or nothing for them. They were the best team by far throughout the year. All the stats, 
everything, they are number one. And by a large margin, they are very close in a lot of statistics to that 73-win Warriors team. They're a very, very, very good team. But people don't really... Like, people... There's that... There's that uh, shadow of doubt around them because of the way they lost the Raptors last year and because they haven't done it before and they still feel new with Giannis and Coach Bud and everything. Um, people doubt them. You Like, Frank, that's the way it works in the NBA. You, you, you're doubted until you do it. Right. Um, is there a chance because this restart is so different than what we're used to that people would give the Bucks a pass if this didn't end up being the season that it would have been if the NBA hadn't stopped? Sure. Like, some fans will definitely give them a pass, but those true NBA fans, they hate deep to the core. That's true. And there are no passes. Those Even are if people. you succeed, you don't pass. That's right. <laughs> you just get put an asterisk on. Correct. No one ever wins. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I think, like... But I think an interesting point that, that we can jump on your question, who's most likely to disappoint... I'm going to spin this a little differently. I think the most disappointing finish would be if one of these lower seeds who normally might not have even been able to get into the playoffs because of the restart and everyone's kind of coming into this differently, if they get hot, sneak into the playoffs, roll through a couple high seeds early on and knock them out, and now you're looking at a totally different conference final because of the restart and because of the abbreviated training time and how we kind of just jumped into it. Like, is it totally out of the question that, you know, a Pelicans or a Blazers with the talent that they have and the youth that they have kind of get hot and maybe knock off a 1-2 seed early on? And now we're looking at a totally different picture. Well, first of all, the Pelicans have to make the playoffs first. But eight um, games to do so, they could win six out of eight. Plus the play-in rounds. Remember the play-in games? Yeah, I'm just saying, you get hot for a three-week span, there's going to be a lot of games in those three weeks. Yeah, I think that's a, a kind of an amazing story, though. Um, I don't think that's disappointing. Well, it's amazing if you're a Pelicans fan. Not well, yeah, so amazing like, if you're a Clippers team well, that kind of needed look, more time to get warmed up. Yeah, well, whatever. You should have gone. You you have great players. You should have been able to be good quick enough, right? I mean, everyone had the same. Everyone's under the same. Uh, 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 what's the word? parameters? Everyone's under the same conditions. Um, if Zion Williamson number one overall pick fulfills suddenly his destiny right away and just kills it and makes it to the finals and somehow wins the championship in his rookie year. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. But I mean, I mean we know it's smaller sample size, more variability, but it's not in the going outcome. to be a smaller sample size because you're still playing the same amount of playoff games. But a lot has happened in between when we cut the season and when we're starting right. back up again. Different factors, you're right. Different set of circumstances, but it's not a smaller sample size. It's the exact same sample size. Look, seven-game series are meant to be large enough that the best team should win. If you don't win... Okay, maybe smaller sample size wasn't the right term, just different circumstances. You're right. Yeah, and some but, teams who normally would benefit from a normal season are at a disadvantage now because of the way things have played out. You're right, but you know that... I'm telling you, you're going to see it. This is going to be the year of the upset. Sure, I'll embrace it as long as the Raptors don't lose it. <laughs> as long as the Raptors aren't upset, I'm, no, I'm but, confident in the Raptors. They're going to be okay. Um, look, upsets happen. Every t- the, the thing I don't have sympathy for teams uh, that are going to lose in the first round, for example, and they may whine because of the unique circumstances. But everyone's under the same circumstances. You could have either like that's kind of excuse making, right? Like you could have either succeeded or not. In you know, some teams will do better than others. It's Lakers just, and Clippers, both old teams, if their bones are a little achy from this start 
and they get blown out in the first round. That's what you you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, well, you're you know going to be you, Adam Silver, the owners, and the TV stations are going to be very disappointed that those two teams. Yeah, are but out. that happens. That's sports, and like the Lakers front front office organization. Guess what? When you sign a 34 year old LeBron, I think he's 35 now. He's that means you get a 35 year old, right? If he takes a little longer, and frankly, I think he'll be fine. Um, but if that person takes a little longer to get off the ground. Guess what? That's what happens when you sign. That's the risk you take when you sign a 35-year-old, you know? Um, I don't have sympathy for that. I don't care for that. Um, I think it's, like, I think it's totally fine. Um, That's cold. I'm supposed to be bad. You're usually good cop. I'm usually bad cop. And I'm giving a little bit more sympathy to these guys under these circumstances. I don't know. I, I'm not... I don't have... When it's just pure uh, competition, I think you just let the... You just let the chips lie where they may. And um, if you can't beat the Pelicans or the Blazers, for example, in a seven-game series, you didn't deserve to beat them. Okay, I'm going to remind you about this pod when we're sitting at the end of October and NBC is airing the bubble NBA Finals with the Orlando Magic against the Sacramento Kings. Well, first of all, Sacramento has like a pretty low chance I'm just of saying making the any playoffs. team in a small sample size is capable of winning a handful of games early. Yeah, sure. I mean... Well, we already talked about it. This is not a small sample size. It's not. It's a normal sample size. But it's a restart. So it is a small sample size because you're under new circumstances. Fine. Like, look, if we're talking about can random teams succeed, yeah. If any year, this would be the year where a random team succeeds. There's no home court advantage. The higher seed does not have that. But I can welcome that, you know? These teams, for example, Orlando Magic and Sacramento, so bereft of good times and their their history for the most part maybe this would be nice you know like a chance for random teams to to win for once like, yeah i think it's a I'd strong strong possibility yeah Although those watch. teams are really not that exciting i they're so those teams are bad they're not gonna win but like just going back to the bucks like i still think i i honestly do believe that this they would be the most disappointing team because like if you think about it I mean, it's so important for them. They got the the Giannis Supermax looming. If they're the best team again by far and they don't win this year, and yes, you can put a lot of uh, like uh, caveats upon it that they didn't win and run it back next year, and next year will be the year. But the point is that like they didn't win, and they got to show Giannis that they can win. And if Giannis is not convinced... Like he may not sign the supermax this summer. I wouldn't be surprised because supermaxes are tied to the CB to uh, the the salary cap, and we don't know where the salary cap's going to be. So if he doesn't sign the supermax, he has one more year left, and then he can leave. So that means that in the three year stretch or all the two years prior, uh, with Mike Budenholzer, where they've been the best, unquestionably the best team in the league, they have yet to do it. They have one more year. If they don't do it that year, then what is he going to do? He's probably going to leave. There's huge stakes at hand for the Bucks, in this Yeah, playoffs. I mean, at the very least, if they blow this year, they got one more chance next year to win it with Giannis and convince him to stay. Yes, but that's the thing. Then it's like a one-year, like, fingers crossed. That happens to a lot of guys in the contract year. That's true. It happens, but... Um, I think you're right, though. Big implications for the Bucks franchise. I also believe that... I believe in playoff demons. I believe, like, a lot of it is confidence-based. The more times you don't do it, I feel like it's less and less likely that you will because you're going to start doubting yourself, right? With the current group that you have, that yeah. is. Yeah, it could be. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, ultimately, I guess 
just like any other year, there's going to be one team that's happy and all the other teams are not. So, and that won't change. Actually, let's just try to wrap this up kind of quicker. Um, Andrew, you got the next one. Go ahead. What do you want to talk about? So I'm just curious to see. It's been four and a half months exactly between when Adam Silver pulled the plug on the league and when the first game of the restart will happen. And honestly, like I'm just curious as to what people have been doing during those four and a half months. The season came together pretty quick. Like Up until July 1st, I don't think we really even knew if there was going to be a season. I can't believe how quick they actually managed to pull it together. Um, kudos to the NBA and everybody involved in doing that so quickly. But were guys sitting around? Were guys staying in shape? Um, are the older guys going to need more time to ramp up? Are the younger guys going to have an advantage? Are we going to start to see injuries pile up quickly because guys weren't working out, their bodies aren't used to it, and they're going to jump into Wait, meaningful me regular just, season uh, games? Let me just jump in there. How dare you assume that these guys weren't working out meticulously during the quarantine? I mean, based on how I've seen most players jump into training camp in a normal season, it doesn't look like there's much training going on in the summer. I think most of them actually come in pretty good. They're running like summer runs most summers. I have mean, you seen those Drew, Drew you're talking, Yeah, the Drew League games. Have you seen who plays in the Drew League games? It's like the top 10% of the league gets invited to the Drew League games. And then like some LA-based rappers and like... Yeah, 50 some Cent, like, Chris no. Brown, and Chris Brown plays. I think he did. Also, J. Cole plays a little bit, I think. But like regardless of the rappers, like even the guys, frankly, who don't play in the Drew League, because you're right, there's not that many NBA players who do. Um, I think most regular seasons coming in most of the guys are coming in in pretty good shape except for Jokic so it's kind of actually it's kind of funny that Jokic is now coming in in better shape than most people it looks like whereas most season he comes in in terrible shape but I'll just expand on the part that's interesting the thing you brought out brought up about the injuries and stuff uh because it could be an issue like I have no idea what do you think I mean I honestly do think that in a normal season with a normal schedule a lot of guys do use the training camp to work into shape. I don't think they're coming in game ready or even close to it. And they're probably coming in a little bit overweight. They're probably a little like stiff and rusty. What about the guys? What about the, you hear stories about this all the time. Like every single year, every team has at least one guy's like, oh, he's in the best shape of his life. Yeah, but right? it says who? I don't know. Like it says team officials, whether you believe it or not. Yeah, but exactly. Well, remember like skinny Kyle and stuff? Like that was the thing, right? Over the summer, you got skinny, he got But, but listen to this. We talk about skinny Kyle because it was an anomaly. Yeah, he came in one season. If and everybody like, came in in awesome skinny Kyle shape, we wouldn't have made an issue about it. But because he's normally a little chubby and he came in in good shape, we're like, oh, wow, skinny Kyle, yeah, good no, offseason. That's his playing shape. I think most guys go into the season with, like, a decent, a pretty decent foundation they have. A lot of guys are working on their game, right? They have to work. You're, you're right that um, I don't think there's any way to recreate game shape and uh, game reps unless you start playing. So, yeah, they work their way in in work their way in it in that respect but i would push back on this um generation of players that they're just getting out of shape during the off season i think they 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 stay pretty regimented all right well the difference is that this season restarted basically out of nowhere and usually no one different this season yeah so i don't know we'll see hopefully you guys can stay healthy hopefully they can kind of ease into it the first couple games get a good feel get some good reps in before the games actually start I don't know when people are getting to Orlando, if it's all at the same time or if they're going to space it out, but um, fingers crossed, hopefully it'll, uh, it'll all work out. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm actually pretty concerned about the potential injury risk because uh, I know you, you listen to Bill Simmons. He's on this point about like the 99 season, the lockout shortened season, for example. There's a lot of injuries that happened, and you can kind of draw 
um, a direct correlation between just the lack of preparation for the season, how quickly they had games, uh, they had games during that season. Like this bubble, uh, this bubble format. I don't know if you looked at the schedule, but games are going to be happening quick. Like it's yeah, they're 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 going to try to get this done. Um, so hopefully NBA, no NBA one, hopefully this... no one gets hurt, but it could happen. Depth might actually be one of the biggest keys to winning in this bubble. Yeah, Just, yeah, for sure. I think N- NBA champion this year could be survival of the fittest. Maybe, yeah, that very well could be... Last man standing. uh, ...something that happens. Um, But I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but it's definitely something, uh, consideration. Uh, Hopefully you don't get any Derrick Rose situations, right? That's, like, that's the big uh, concern. If there's injury risk, because there is injury risk, but that's what no NBA fan or executives want, is a young star having a real career-changing injury. I'm sure that was discussed at length when they were talking about whether to restart the season or not. Yeah, I mean, but it's just... It's inherent, right? You can't... If you want to do it, there's always going to be an injury risk, but... And they're cog- they have to be cognizant of the fact that when you're ramping up like this, you want to finish the season, you want to crown a champion, the downside risk is someone might get hurt. Like, imagine if Zion got hurt. He's a big guy. Imagine if Zion got hurt? I think there's a high probability Zion gets hurt. That's true. He does get hurt a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. He's a big dude who's not you know in he shape. Reminds me, you know what he reminds me of, actually? Bo Jackson. I mean, Bo Jackson is like a two-sport Hall of Famer. Well, yeah, but also, like, he was a ridiculous huge guy and ridiculously athletic for his size. Like, big big guy who could move and was powerful. Kind of reminds me that Zion is a ridiculous athlete for his size. It's it's almost freak. He is, but, like, now they think of Bo Jackson. Wasn't Bo Jackson, like, six-pack Bo Jackson? Like, Bo Jackson was in immaculate shape 365 days a year. Yeah, I mean, there's some differences, I suppose. Like, Zion... He's not. He definitely doesn't have a six pack underneath that jersey. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, he's probably fifty five pounds away from a six pack under that jersey. Yeah, he's got to be like twenty five percent, thirty percent body. Oh man, yeah, at least thirty percent, dude. He's six six two eighty five. He he's t- the he's third t- he's heaviest. Taller than, he's taller than six six. No, no, he's six six. But he's the third heaviest he? player in the NBA. Third heaviest player at six six. That sense. is. It's that lower. It's that lower half. He's got that booty. I guess so. I guess. Um, but yeah, hopefully there's no big injuries. Hopefully, for the most part, uh, teams, all teams, go unscathed. Um, but we'll see. Uh, okay, I'll do, um, I guess, to finish this off then, because we're kind of uh, running up on time. I'll, Just hold on. i cut you off there. I'm looking yeah. at Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson ran a 4-1-3 40-yard dash time. Makes sense. Dude was a freak. He was a freak. But he was a big dude. Yeah, like, well, those low numbers are usually for, like, receivers like skinny i like, reiterate he was a freak holy smokes that is fast i don't like now i want to look up what the fastest combine times were dude you're going way off topic that's okay i know this is your point you go for the point i can look up stuff <laughs> i want you engaged I, i'm engaged i can multitask okay well <laughs> you threw me off um okay so about? i guess uh <laughs> we're talking about basketball not fucking right. fastest combine times i wonder if nba players could run the 40 yard dash 413 ish smith maybe um, talking about fastest Ish guys. Smith? How did you come up with Ish Smith? He's one of the fastest guys in the league. That's the one thing he's known Clocked? for. Court down the court. That's like one of his one only talents. All right, you seem pretty uh, pretty. Convinced. But like I don't know, peak Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, a few years ago. That's true. Ja Morant now. I don't know. Maybe. Guys train though for the forty yard. Like like. It's, well, yeah, it's a different yeah, skill. Yeah. But you can like, practice it. It doesn't. Maybe Giannis, man, like those long steps. Maybe. Okay, so um, my next one is uh, just what are the players going to be like? Uh, who's going to step up? 
who's going to continue uh, the progress that they made and who's going to like, is someone going to explode in the bubble format? Is someone going to shrink in the bubble format? And this is an unanswerable question until we start watching the games. But I think it's an interesting thought process that this is going to be such a unique circumstance as if you're in an empty gym. Um, Like almost as it like, it's almost the exact same as those drew league runs. Like you're just in a random court no one's really watching, but you're playing against good players, except these are the best players ever. And um, I just wonder if there's going to be random guys who really succeed in this format and guys who really shrink. And also certain dudes, like, just off the top of my head, uh, Raptors guide Norm Powell, for example, and other other teams, I think of, like, Jason Tatum. I think of, uh, wait, who else? I actually wrote this down. Um, uh, Bam Adebayo. Um, oh, yeah. Russell Westbrook, who was on a really good run, and also Luka Doncic, who was having a great season. Different different uh, skill levels, but guys who are having good seasons, um, will they be able to keep it up? I don't know. Has Russell Westbrook silenced some of the haters who've been hating on his one-man show game with the season he just had? I think so. I, he's had a really good season. I, The way that these story arcs work with players' careers, I mean, it's almost like you build them up, then you break them down just to build them up again. And you see that through the media and the general narrative of these guys all the time. And Russ is kind of at that point where he's being built up again a little bit. It helps if you have postseason success. So we'll see how he does in the playoffs. Yeah. But definitely his last few years in OKC um, were right after his uh, MVP year, which was a fun run. But then after a while it got stale and it wasn't very winning. It wasn't winning basketball, right? I mean, his team in OKC around him in those last few years did not have the depth that Houston has now, but I mean, well, look at this. I mean, Hold on. Paul George He's, helps, but Paul George helps. Yeah, but they were top heavy. They were really they were, top no, heavy. they weren't a good team to begin with. No, but look, Russ was not having his best years there. He was taking a ton. He he was taking a ton of dumb shots, shooting terribly from three. And I think actually, I mean, just this micro ball experiment. I know we've touched on this, um, uh, and I don't. I don't know if it's going to work, but I do think that it's been great for Russ. Like he's just able to really free wheel and use all his frenetic athletic explosive energy to he he almost acts as their like as their center even though pj tucker defends the centers he's the guy who's like i mean he's been he's been better he was better than james harden down the stretch james harden's a better player but russ that's the degree that's how good russ is he was playing better than james down the stretch also, James was on a cold streak, but I don't think that'll continue. What's unbelievable is that he's obviously not considered this year for the MVP race, but no. he's the second guy on Houston putting up 27, 8, and 7. That's really good. That's really... Man, in any other year... You should make an all-NBA team. I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, it may not be first, but it'll be... Yeah, I mean, look, in any way you shake it, like, people... One of the ways... One of the reasons why people are, like... They trash on guys like Russ, for example, is that... He reached a peak, right? He was so considered so good, and he's still obviously good, but then people can, when you see where he was and where he, people perceive him now, that seems like a precipitous drop. And so people are like down on him by comparison. But if you say, who would you rather have, Russ versus like a bunch of, a bunch of NBA players, you're going to be like, oh my God, Russ, of course. Yeah. Right? Like he's still a top 15, top 20 player. Oh, a yeah, guy for that, sure. I you don't know, like I don't like the argument where it's like oh well he doesn't have a chip or he doesn't have you know chip, multiple well, chips to the finals appearance it's like man not everybody makes to the finals not everybody yeah. wins a chip no the chip conversation is dumb on a lot of levels um, it's something to consider if you have to 
And I, I mean, if you want to separate guys who are very close in terms of skill level and career success, then it's something you consider their playoff experience. Given their careers, who would you pick in a draft coming out of college? Paul Pierce, Russell Westbrook. Like knowing what you know. You mean right now? Who would I uh, get their whole career? Yeah. Probably Paul Pierce. But see, why is that? If you look at you look he at regular really... season wins, Russ is going to beat him out. If you look at numbers, Russ is going to beat him out. The only thing Paul Pierce has is going to be that one championship when he had a great supporting cast. Well, Paul Pierce, I mean, in his career, like, he was the a Celtics great... for most of his his tenure until they did that big three trade were perennial losers. It's true, but I mean, they had a in the they East. had a bad they had a bad team, right? Sure and, they did, but then why are we hating on Russ for putting up better numbers on an equally bad team? Well, I think Russ had a lot of I think like a lot of Russ's stats, especially post KD and all that. There there got to be a little bit of empty calories there. Like a lot of his rebounds, for example. I mean, it was a team concept where like Stephen Adams and the big guys would simply box out so that Russ could get the rebound and he'd start his own fast break. Right, he's a one man fast break. That was partly tactical. Yeah, that seems like a great tactic. Rather than having but, a big man having to outlet to somebody on the right. wing, just give it to Russ and let him do the... Right, it was partly tactical, partly like Russ... I'm, I'm sure you noticed this when he gets close to those triple doubles, especially near the end of his OKC run, people were aware that he wanted it. Like, I mean, if he passed you, if he decided to pass you uh, the ball for an assist and he missed the shot, that glare, like... Yeah, but I mean, hey, I glared hey, anybody when they missed I mean, a shot too. But I guess it comes... Look, they're both great players, but Paul Pierce during his like his prime had a really good prime like i mean but i like counted, Russell but 25 had a good plus prime points per game um guy that down the stretch he's going to make the big he has the he has the reputation of making a big shot he's a better shooter than russ russ is a very inefficient shooter i think russ does a lot of great things well but i probably take paul pierce but whatever that's not really a conversation we need to to have um well actually i mean you watch like game of zones Paul Pierce was the goat, so that's, there you go. That's true. Basically, he was the best player, greatest yeah. of all time. Yeah. No. Um, well, I don't really have much else to say. I guess like that last one just turned into a rust debate, but I think just finish off on this. I suppose it's going to be really interesting. I'm excited to get basketball back. Yeah, I'm really happy it's coming back. Hopefully, everybody stays safe and the bubble manages to work as it's intended, and hopefully, we get some good basketball. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess nothing more to do than to look forward to the games, see where they go, and uh, we'll discuss later on go Raptors go yeah okay see you Andrew